1: it's kirk morrison
2: our number three here on the rich Eisen show kirk morrison filling in for rich i am excited i've had my coffee i am ready to roll um after this show is over i go into full on tailgate mode for the yeah. nfl draft i'm tailgate i'm getting ready well
3: kirk yeah. is that really what you gotta do after the show isn't there something else you gotta go pick up for the okay month?
2: All right, yeah. Oh,
3: <laughs> just,
2: go, just go, just let everybody behind the curtain. Yeah, why oh, not? Yeah. Let us go. Here wow. at the luxurious Rich Eisen Studios here, brought to you by Granger, by the way, there's also a, a uh, pottery barn in Crate and Barrel Outlet. <laughs> 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 that my, uh, my wife was like, yeah, so I heard you're in El Segundo today. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's where El Segundo, California, where the beautiful Rich Eisen Studio is. But you know there's also a, a pottery barn or uh, Crate and Barrel Outlet near you. <laughs> Could you go take a look at a couple of things for me? So, yes, I, I, I will postpone my uh, tailgating for the NFL draft just a little bit as I go stop by a little, little outlet shopping here. But a
4: honey-do list.
2: I blame you guys, by the way. I blame you guys. Well, but, but my honey-do list was all about the NFL draft last night, right? Yesterday. That was my NFL honey-do list was getting ready for today, NFL draft. But – Somebody threw a wrench in my plans, and it was the NBA with their four games last night because they were all fascinating. Had me watching, and I had to use multiple devices. I'm watching the TV, <laughs> had to use the you know the laptop, had to use my tablet, I had to use a little bit of everything because there was so much action going on. And the guy who saw it all is Howard Beck, the uh, host of the Locked On, one of the hosts on the Locked On Network, and a contributor to GQ Sports at Howard Beck on Twitter. And how how would you describe the four games on Wednesday? Because I looked at I was like, man, the NBA is doing four games on Wednesday. Why is that? And I realized before I, I finished speaking, oh, yeah, the NFL draft is Thursday. So why would they put four? I see why they did four games, but, man, all four games, they delivered, Howard. Yeah, and
0: uh, great to be with you, Kirk. It's not really about the NFL. It's um, <laughs> the first round of the NBA playoffs. Just everything when you're planning for – the potential that every series could go at least five, and we had a bunch of game fives last night. Um, you just you set the schedule to to have the games when it's logical to have them to space you know space out the games that allow for travel, um, figure out the NBA TV versus TNT versus ESPN versus ABC schedule. So it's really it was all of that, and there actually would be more than one game tonight if other series hadn't ended yet. So it's there would be a bunch of games tonight too. Like there could have been a whole stacked slate. It's unfortunate because. Those were all four really important games last night, and it was impossible unless... Uh, I only got one TV myself. I don't know about uh, you guys, but um, unless I was going to set up like laptops and, and iPhones and everything on my, on my coffee table, I was not going to be able to watch all of them simultaneously, and I think my brain would have exploded anyway.
2: Yeah, I see, Howard. That's what I had to do, uh, because it was too much. As a resident Warriors fan born and raised in the Bay Area, uh, I had to have the main TV on that one, but then all of a sudden... I'm watching what's going on in the top right corner of the broadcast, and all of a sudden that score between the Bucs and the Heat start getting closer and closer and closer. I'm like, oh, okay, I got to watch this. So I was watching that game last night. What is your biggest takeaway of, of just the four games yesterday? What was the biggest takeaway, I think, of the whole night? Was it the Knicks advancing? Was it the Bucs being a one seed, being bounced, Lakers? losing in a game 5 scenario where they could have uh they could have eliminated the grizzlies or was it the warriors winning three straight
0: I mean all of them were fascinating for their own reasons but right. I mean you got to start with the bucks you have to start like a, a number 1 seed losing to an 8 seed in the first round in the NBA playoffs just doesn't happen very often and in this case you weren't just losing to an 8 seed you're losing to a Miami Heat team that had a losing record 40 and 42 that had to make the playoffs through the play tournament right. mm-hmm. that lost Tyler Hero, their second-best um along the way in the series, that didn't have that much firepower to begin with, that just wasn't that good. And they just knocked out the Bucks, who won the championship just two years ago and have a two-time MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo. And, you know, listen, it's, there's the unsightliness of it all, losing in, in, in five games besides... Um, not even being able to extend the series as as I I, I was certain they would, you know, not calling time out, you know, at the end of regulation there when you had a moment to, to, to advance the ball and and, and set a play, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything, every every aspect of it, um, not even getting a shot off at the end of overtime either, like
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: they just. It was just a disaster on every level. There's going to be consequences because there always are in this league, especially if you're a team with, with you know legitimate championship expectations to go down that way. Um, they have a, a very long and tough offseason ahead of them.
2: He's the host of the Locked On NBA podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Howard Beck. Joining the Rich Eisen show, Kirk Morrison here filling in for Rich. So Milwaukee is out, but it does set up an intriguing matchup—one that everybody's excited. I know the guys here—we're excited about a Eastern Conference semifinal matchup between the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks, bringing us back to the our NBA Jam days, right? The '90s basketballs will be well—I mean, alive and well when it comes to the Heat and Knicks. How impressed are you with the Knicks just getting out of the first round and getting to that second round? Something something they haven't done since 2013.
0: Yeah, really impressive. The, the whole season by the Knicks has been pretty impressive. There were times earlier this season where it looked like, eh, you know, they're going to hover around five they They're going to have a good, solid season. Maybe they grab a sixth seed. Maybe they're a play-in team. And really, ever since they they picked up Josh Hart in a really smart trade with Trailblazers in the middle of the season, they've just taken off and, and, and have reached a whole new level. And I think what's so impressive is this is not, you know, by most standards, the traditional – Build of an NBA power, right? Like this is not a star-laden team. This is not a team with with you know an MVP candidate and a bunch of All NBA guys on it or anything. Like Jalen Brunson was a second-round pick who developed with the Mavericks, who chose to leave them for the Knicks, who the Knicks people questioned whether they were overpaying for him, and the guy has just been an absolute stud. Didn't make the All-Star team, probably won't end up on any of the All NBA teams when those are announced. But Jalen Brunson's playing like a top ten point guard. Uh, Julius Randle, who who might make All NBA again, is very up and down. Didn't have a great series. Got hurt again in their closeout game last night. But they just they just play tough. They play a, a way beyond what their their names would suggest or their resumes would suggest. And that, in a lot of ways, like is reminiscent of those '90s Knicks teams. Like outside of Patrick Ewing, it's not like they had a ton of high level talent to go toe to toe with the Bulls or the Pacers or anybody else. Mm-hmm. So. And in a lot of ways, this Knicks team and this Heat team that they're going to face, yeah, same. You know, it, it, it's a little like the '90s, and, and Jimmy Butler, like Jalen Brunson, you know, a guy who's just kind of a self-made guy. Not, you know, didn't come into the league with high expectations or with, you know, jump out of the gym type of athleticism. Uh, this is going to be a cage match, I assume.
2: Yeah, there was four games on Wednesday. There is one game actually today, Thursday, NFL Draft Day. By the way, it's the Boston Celtics taking on the Atlanta Hawks as the Philadelphia 76ers await uh, that winner, whether it's the Boston Celtics who can close out in game six tonight, or will this be a game seven? What are you looking to see in this game tonight? If the Hawks are able to go seven, do they have a chance outside if they don't win today? Listen,
0: the Celtics should have put this thing away a couple times already. (laughs) And, you know, I've seen it before in this league where the team that's clearly more talented and, and heavily favored you know starts kind of messing around you let your guard down you blow a big lead like the Celtics have done you know all all the all the ways in which you can be a great team that doesn't um doesn't doesn't stay focused long enough to close out a team like Dave in this series uh I still think the Celtics are winning this series I think s I think they're closing it out tonight um maybe it's even a blowout uh, like the Hawks they're, they've been a, you know, basically a 500 team all season. They are a team that, on paper, always looks kind of like, like they, they should be much better than they are. Um, Trey Young is absolutely a gamer, and certainly has taken his game to another notch in this series. But I just don't think that they have the the overall firepower to keep up with the Celtics. And the Celtics, at their best, are can be a suffocating defensive team. They've got much better depth. Um, the bottom line is that the fact that this is still a series, some credit to the Hawks. Yes, absolutely. But this is really more about like the Celtics an indictment of their um, focus. And listen, that, if you've if you blown it a couple times, you could blow it a third time and have this thing go to seven, but I don't think <laughs> where this is going.
2: Veteran NBA reporter Howard Beck joining the Rich Eisen Show. Follow him on Twitter, at Howard Beck, also the host of the Locked On NBA podcast. And Howard, before I get to the West, because there's still some unsettled series in the West with the Warriors and Lakers and uh, obviously the Kings and the Grizzlies, but I was kind of putting together an all-NBA first-round team. Right? Because I feel like the playoffs gives us the opportunity to focus on some guys that we may have overlooked in the regular season. And I'm looking at Malik Monk, who's having an outstanding series with the Kings. Obviously, you mentioned Jalen Brunson already. Trey Young is reminding us why he's one of the better players in the league, and yet people say he's one of the most overrated players. I'm looking at Murray over in Denver, the outstanding series he had. And then Jimmy Butler continues to prove to us that Regardless of what happens, the dude is still one of the baddest dudes in the NBA. Is there anybody else I'm missing on this list that it's just for the first round? I'm not saying for the whole entire, but or just showing what playoff basketball is really all about to you.
0: I mean, I, I don't want this to sound like the the you know typical New York bias of a guy based in New York, but Mitchell Robinson, <laughs> Mitchell um, Robinson, yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, ab- absolutely just owned the Cavs front court. I mean that. You know, Jared Allen has been an all-star. Evan Mobley is considered to be, you know, obviously one of the bright young players in this league, runner-up for rookie of the year last season. And, and this season he was, he was, you know, he's been outstanding. And, is, you know, to the extent that the Cavs have a, a long, great future ahead of them, it's partially because Evan Mobley, people think, can turn into a superstar. Mitchell Robinson just absolutely outworked those guys, uh, rebounding-wise, shot-blocking-wise, everything. So he's he's another one I put on your your first uh, first round All NBA.
2: Yeah, guys, because I, like, I think about Fred Van Vliet a couple years ago on the, the Raptors run, and it was just like okay, and then all of a sudden, boom, they become the you you watch them now in the playoffs, and they become superstars the following year. So I put that list together, but as we head to the Western Conference, we got a doubleheader on Friday, two game sixes. Um, the Warriors they can close out against the Sacramento Kings after the Kings have went up 2-0. Draymond Green suspended in game three. He comes off the bench in games four and five. It's been three consecutive victories for the Warriors. How do you see this one playing out? Does this series end on Friday, Howard?
0: You know, I picked the Warriors to win the series, and I picked them to win in six. So they're up (laughs) 3-2. I expect that they should close out. But the Kings have been really... Impressive and very steady, and for a team that you know, look, the franchise hasn't been in the playoffs in 17 years, and, and most of this Kings roster has not really had any playoff experience to speak of outside of Harrison Barnes, who obviously was with the Warriors Harrison. back in the day. Um, but the Kings have not seemed at all, you know, you know, all in awe of of where they are, of the team that they're facing, of of the playoff atmosphere, any of it. Um, they have been incredibly steady, so I still give them a chance. Deer and Fox, despite the broken finger. Um, still had a pretty, pretty impactful game. Malik Monk, as you mentioned earlier, has been good. Sabonis has not been quite at, at the level um, that they need. Uh, credit to you Kevon know, Looney and Draymond Green for, for kind of you know, nullifying him at times. Um, I expect the Warriors to win. It won't shock me entirely, given the Warriors have been kind of up and down this year, if the Kings somehow won that one at Chase Center and, and, and forced a Game Seven, but I I'm, I'm lead, I, I would lead Warriors.
2: Last question for you, Howard, because the last piece of that Western Conference puzzle with the Suns and Nuggets already into that next uh, that Conference semifinal in the West, the last team to qualify will either be the Memphis Grizzlies or the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers put up a dud last night, especially in that fourth quarter. I'm saying this now, Howard. Tell me if I'm wrong. Lakers don't win at home on Friday. I think the Grizzlies take this series. That's how important. I feel like this is actually the game seven or the elimination game Friday night for the Lakers because if they go back to Memphis, I just don't see them winning.
0: I mean, I, I totally get that. Um, I Two, a couple different things there. I mean, one, obviously, being on the road and it's a long flight back to Tennessee from, yeah. from L.A. Um, two, the, the Grizzlies have the younger legs, right? Like John Morant... Is, is you know banged up the wrist thing. They're down bodies because they don't have Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark, two key uh, front court players, but they've got the younger legs. Um, the, the travel's not going to affect them as much. The longer series isn't going to affect them as much. Being at home is certainly going to give them that extra boost. You've let them stick around this long when you had the opportunity to put them away. Like, yeah, I think it's it's, it's incredibly dangerous not, not to close this thing out in game six. I'll never bet against LeBron James, <laughs> you know, even this version of LeBron James. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they 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 really do need to close this thing out in L.A.
2: <laughs> Sounds good. I know you'll be watching tonight, Howard. The one lone NBA game tonight: the Celtics and the Hawks. Look forward to hearing you on the Locked On NBA podcast and all your coverage of the NBA at Howard Beck on Twitter. Appreciate the time, Howard.
5: My pleasure.
0: Thanks for having
2: me. Yeah, that's Howard Beck, man, veteran NBA reporter. That's interesting. I never thought of, you, you don't necessarily think about that as much, but younger legs of the Grizzlies is probably a little bit fresher than maybe LeBron and AD, where last night they didn't have enough and the Grizzlies' younger legs came out in the fourth quarter, looked a lot more fresh. Friday could be the elimination game or it could be the game seven. I know it's game six, but Lakers don't win Friday. I just don't see them winning a game seven over at the Grind House. Right. Lakers uh, look
4: pretty gassed in, they look tired in, in overtime right. uh, two games ago when they won here oh, here yeah. in L.A., and you could kind of tell, all right, it's going back to Memphis. They're going to win this game, and then yeah. we'll see what happens, but young legs. Young legs. Young, young legs. I, I thought it was interesting. I had, TJ, I mentioned to you before the show. <laughs> <laughs> Memphis won by a pretty hefty margin. Right. Uh Every single player was positive and plus minus, except for Dylan Brooks. Dylan, Dylan Brooks was <laughs> minus seven. That dude's had a real rough week. <laughs> you know, I just think, I just think yeah. as a people, we need to all come together, give Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks a group hug, yeah. say, it's okay, man, you made a mistake. Yeah. Uh, you called LeBron old. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done, done that. It. You poked like, the bear. Shouldn't have done it's that. It's like Animal House, Mike. You effed up. You trusted us. Like, <laughs> like, you know you effed up. Like let's take a step back. But, but we still like you. We still think your hair and your outfit's are what funny. Is he, what
2: if they win though? Are we? Do we hear more Dylan Brooks? Like is he now? Does he go at Steph Curry? Or? No, I think he's learned his lesson. Yeah. I think in. he's learned his lesson. He's be he, can't, he,
3: he can't do all that then turn on the media and go where well, the media is projecting me to be the villain. Right. No, you decided to yeah, put the should. mask on, bro. Yeah. So you know He the I say, keep that energy up because if you do end up winning, you're gonna want, you're gonna, he's gonna need to carry that energy yeah. to continue to where they want to get
2: to. So it's all so. about the series that you want. Do you want the trash talking Grizzlies versus the Warriors, or do you want LeBron and the Lakers, Lakers, Warriors? I know I, Sacramento's
3: got something to say. I about want Grizzlies, this, Kings, to be honest with you. Okay. Reasons, yeah. Kings. Yeah. All of those Kirk, games. That,
4: all of those games like, yeah, will okay. be in the 170s. Like it would be awesome basketball. Yeah. But, oh, I thought
2: you said all be on the first time ever. All the games on NBA TV.
4: Uh, <laughs> like they got the
3: the the spoken like Texas a Laker fan over here.
2: The,
4: the Saturday one o'clock <laughs> NFL playoff game. Oh the, yeah, that's a, the, the Saturday, Texans
2: disrespect. You already know it's the, the 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 middle of the season Thursday night football game. <laughs> hey that's what
3: happens Jags
4: Titans Thursday night you're like what else is on
3: Uh, what
2: else can we watch the actual Lone Jets game last year on national TV national TV was the one game against the Jaguars on Thursday night prime video that was it yeah, and oh, now
4: get ready. it's we're being rumored you know, we're, get we're getting the max. We're, we're gonna see five <laughs> Jets games on primetime. Oh no, they're
2: saying the max. They they're going five get, the max or six. Five the max. is the max, yeah, but now it. they
4: may is maybe a
2: little bit of flexing Guess going on. Guess what? what? They're the gonna be end.
4: flexed if they're whatever.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of flexing fireman going on. Ed's
3: going <laughs> crazy right now. <laughs> by the way, he's
4: hold on a second. Do we have a second? Yeah, we got a second. What a fraud, fireman is. This guy, he's back. This guy quit the team years ago. Gave up his tickets, yep, refused sort of to show up to games. Yes. Correct. Okay? And now he's back posting Aaron Rodgers hype videos on Instagram yesterday? Get a life, you loser. You gave up. You don't get to come back. Or is that just how sorry State Jets fandom is that yeah. they're going to let this guy back in?
2: Yeah. Aaron Rodgers.
4: Get over yourself.
2: That's yes, just Fire. yes. Yes. Firemanette is back. That's the one thing I asked. As back soon as I saw that the trade the was crowd. agreed upon, I said, you know what? Where's Fireman Ed? And oh, next thing you know, he's already back now. He's back. He's back. He's
3: back. Look, man, and carried that banner for years and yeah, years and years yeah. and they he, let him yeah, down. Man. I get it. Sometimes you're just like and I he quit. Can't, you yeah.
4: walked away. You don't hey, get to come back. He's back. When you quit the mob, you think they just let you back in? No. That's not how oh, that no, works. No, no, it's no. That's not how that works. You
2: Fuck go out on the this. boat and you never make it back <laughs> yeah. into the exactly. shore. All right, man. Look, <laughs> fireman <laughs> is always face, family. Okay? He's back. A guy who's also had my back before, Michael Lombardi, former NFL well, general well. manager. He drafted me. Let's see if we can squeeze a Kirk Morrison draft story out of Michael Lombardi.
1: Coming up next here on The Rich Eisen Show.
2: Uh, excited to introduce my next guest here on the Rich Eisen Show, a guy who drafted me, what is it now, 18 years ago? Wait, 2005, we're in 2023, so 18-plus seasons ago. I got the phone call from the then-Oakland Raiders, but the general manager at the time was one Mike Lombardi. He, you follow him on Twitter, at MLombardiNFL. And, Mike, um, what do you remember about that 2005 draft? Uh, the third round where you made a young kid from Oakland the happiest kid alive. Any stories that you could share?
5: Well, you know, we coached you in the Senior ball. if you remember correctly. I right? do. Yes, and, I remember uh, that. So, and, uh, you know, we kind of got to know you and felt very comfortable. Rob Ryan, Don Martindale, both liked you a lot. I think there was one young man named Jordan Beck who had a great 40 time down at San Luis Obispo. Mm. That, that was getting a lot of love in the draft room because, remember, we are the Raiders' size and speed, and we were able to convince Mr. Davis to make the pick, which wasn't always easy, and we picked you. And then two picks later, Jordan Beck went, and then Pat Jones, the former head coach at Oklahoma State, was our tight end coach at the time. He naturally had to remind him that that, that Beck went, and then I just took a beating from Mr. Davis after that so yeah that's 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 the one memory of the 05 draft that will never go away from me I took a beating
2: okay was it that one or taking Fabian Washington ahead of Aaron Rodgers
5: (laughs) well you know we we made a lot of those mistakes in Oakland you know we we misevaluated our quarterbacks you know we constantly did that and you know we spent a lot of time with Aaron Rodgers and you know we 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 knew that you know with Jeff Tetford all that Mm -hmm. stuff but You know, what happens is when you're in this desperation mode and and you kind of see it, you know, you kind of get the sense that you you don't want to take a quarterback. You want to use the assets on something else. Uh, But we had Randy Moss. We had a veteran team. And I think that that was the guy that was cast. And I think a lot of teams misevaluate their quarterbacks. It's one of my biggest regrets in my career in the NFL is how many times – we thought we were good at quarterback. I, I'll give you another one. We're sitting there at the number two pick overall in the draft. And we pick gallery who was mm. supposed to be the cleanest player in the draft. And you know, we don't take, we don't take rivers and we don't take Roethlisberger.
4: Mm.
2: Come on, Mike, you're my heart here, buddy. I see, I see why, how, how yeah. difficult it is to be a general well, manager. Because,
5: remember, because Rick Gannon was coming off of an MVP season. Yeah. You know, and, we, and I think this is going on a little bit right now too, in the league. Like, I, I mean, we had you on my show the other day, and you know how I feel about all these quarterbacks with the exception of Bryce Young. Right. I think we've overinflated them, and I think that for four guys in this draft to go in the top ten, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't six months ago where everyone said, you know, Anthony Richardson should go back to school. Now he's going to be a top ten pick.
2: Mm. So when you overinflate, are, are you saying that teams are hyping these guys up because – People want the young quarterback or for me, always look at it like this, Mike, in a salary cap world that we live in in the NFL, getting the young quarterback gets you at least the fixed market rate of a rookie contract where you can control how much he makes and lets you reset your budget on how to build a team. Is it more about trying to get that piece or is it really that we just need to get a quarterback?
5: I mean, I think I hear that all the time. It's, you know, you build a team around a rookie contract. But what happens if the rookie contract isn't any, if the player isn't any good? Right. It's like the whole 76ers, the process, the process. Well, if you make bad picks, if you pick Michael Carter Williams, if you pick Jabril Okafor, if you sign Tobias Harris and and Al Horford as opposed to signing Jimmy Butler, I mean, what you make, it all comes down to decisions. It all comes down to the evaluation. Look, it's easy if Mahomes is your quarterback on a rookie contract, you're great. But what happens if you've got Malik Willis on a rookie contract? Are you great? I think it really we've made too much about it. You know, I mean, look, Desmond Ritter Ryder, Ritter is going to be in Atlanta. They don't want Lamar Jackson. Okay, great, that's fine. They don't want to pay the money for. It, but are they sure he's a good player? Mm.
3: Yeah,
2: it's, it's the difficulty of of being an executive in the National Football League and those decisions that you make. Joined now by Mike Lombardi, the former NFL general manager, host of the GM Shuffle podcast. And Mike, help me out here because you've been in these meetings, you've been here before. When it comes to all of this noise that we hear, where this team is thinking about doing this, this team is doing this, and you have all these smoke and mirrors, as a general manager – do you block that out? Do you add to the smoke? Like, where does all the smoke truly come from we get so close to the draft and we're trying to figure out what is the team thinking? Where do these reports come from?
5: It comes from mostly from the agents trying to put a spin on it, you know, helping their clients. That's what they're paid to do. Mm. So I think you have to ignore the noise. You know, and we're seeing it on Decent in the betting market. You know, that's a, that's a big thing. You know, we see today Will Anderson has become the betting favorite to be the second pick overall in the draft. You know, is that true? I don't know. But that's what the betting market seems to indicate. And the one thing we do know about the betting market is they're fairly in tune. So, you know, a lot of this is noise. And you you as a general manager got to ignore the noise, and you've got to be able to stay focused on the task at hand.
2: Is there ever a time during a draft where you possibly or just a general manager executive – at some point gets anxious because there's a run on defensive end or man, if we don't get our quarterback, yeah. is it mortgage? Like how do you keep control, keep focus and stay to the board where you're seeing that the possible picks you wanted are starting to come off the board.
5: I mean, I think you, you kind of know it, right? So you're Jacksonville, you know, you lost Taylor in free agency. You got Cam Robinson could get suspended. So, you know, you're sitting down there in the 20s and if the tackles go early, you know, you may have to jump to get a tackle or maybe you like a tackle where you're picking. A lot of it is based on your board, but you know this, when it runs out, it runs out. Like mm. you're not getting so the object of the draft is to get starters and potential starters, right? And Correct. that's the first, second, and the third round, right? The fourth round is more about we're going to get a developmental player, maybe a guy down the road. That's for next year's team. So you know, it's hard to find a starting left tackle in the fourth
2: round. When it comes to the Seattle Seahawks, Mike, pick number five. And they've got more picks than that. they got five in the first or five in the top 83. What do the Seahawks do? They pick five. They have another pick coming up at 20. What, what do you think the Seahawks do with that pick, with the deal for Geno Smith that is – essentially a one-year deal, do they go for a quarterback for the future or do they just keep adding to the roster, which they did a good job of doing in last year's draft?
5: Well, I mean, I think they got to look at it both ways, right? Pete went to every single quarterback workout, so obviously he's interested in evaluating them. And if they like one, I'm sure they're going to pull the trigger on it. You know, John Schneider has always been a guy that likes to trade down. I think he's made 34 trades in his NFL career as a general manager, and 20 of them he's traded down, so he likes to trade down. But will he trade down, or will he just stay there and pick? I think this is you know a situation. Do they take Carter? I mean, I think with the quarterbacks talking about going as early as they're going, he's in a really good spot to get a good defensive player.
2: He's Michael Lombardi, former NFL general manager, three-time Super Bowl winning NFL executive, the host of the GM Shuffle podcast at MLombardi NFL on Twitter. Just a couple more minutes with you, Mike. Because uh, there's a lot of chatter over the last couple of days. And when I say chatter, you never really hear it coming out of Foxborough, out of New England. But with the Patriots right now scheduled to pick at 14, there's just been this talk of floating around that the relationship between the Patriots, Bill Belichick, Nick Casario, who's with the Houston Texans, their general manager, that the Houston Texans are willing to do business at number two. Could the Patriots possibly move up to go grab a quarterback or do they stay pat with what they have already after drafting Bailey Zappi who played last year and now getting a offensive court, a real offensive coordinator for Mac Jones?
5: I, I can't see the Patriots. I mean, Bill Belichick rarely trades up in the first round. He did it with Dante Hightower. He did it with uh, Chandler Jones, but that was at the bottom of the first. I can't see that. I think that's a really bad
4: rumor.
2: Mm, bad rumor. See, bad rumors. You hear that, Brockman. See that? Oh, thank
4: goodness, Mike. Are we going to do something fun? Like, what are we going to do, Mike? Come on, dude. talk me off this ledge because I'm worried. Belichick's on the hot seat. He's coaching for his job. Kraft is unhappy. We have quarterback instability. Guys, coaching, you know
5: funny you say that. He's coaching for his job. He's won six Super Bowls. Ron Rivera hasn't had a winning season in five years, yet he's not coaching for his job. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's really. The guy's got six Super Bowls. He's the greatest coach of all time, and he's coaching for his job. I mean, seriously.
4: Really? I know, hey, but man. what? what but, but zero in the last four years, Mike. Come on. We're irrational. We're fans. You know how it goes. I know we're
5: fans, but I mean, you know, when you lose a great quarterback, it's not easy, right? I mm. mean, it's hard. You got to try to replenish it. I mean, they made the playoffs two years ago. I think they got to get Mac Jones back to the level player that he once was.
4: Yeah. So, so is that wide receiver at fourteen? Is that Zay <laughs> Flowers?
5: I mean, I love that. I love you. You know, I mean, you know, one thing about the draft, I think you should study the the coaches, the movements of past performance. You know, of the draft, everybody wants to take a receiver. You know, but Bill Walsh. I don't know if you remember Bill Walsh, mm-hmm. but, uh, He he's oh, yeah. a pretty good nope. coach himself, right? Yeah, and he said this all the time about receivers. You don't take receiver until it's the last position you need. He really was about defensive players because you can't hide defensive players. You got to have eleven
4: good defensive players. Oh. Defensive backs. So that's Joey Porter Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I need something.
3: <laughs> I ain't not give it I nothing you, up. I, I,
4: don't, <laughs> I, I
5: don't love know it. How to help you? I just giving you information. I mean, I think they'll be good. I think they'll make some good picks. He's got a bunch of picks. You know, I think this will be a first, you know, what happens in the first round, they should be able to get a good starting player, whether it's an offensive lineman, maybe a defensive lineman. And then in the second round, you know, you've got an opportunity to, to make some
2: hay. Yeah. Hey, Mike, we'll, uh, we'll be watching all of your coverage over at the VSN on Twitter Live, at VSN Live. Also, the GM Shuffle Podcast, Mike Lombardi, the former general manager, three-time Super Bowl winning NFL executive, and the guy Who allowed me to switch my number from 53 to 52? I appreciate you, Mike Lombardi. Thanks for the time, my man.
5: Kurt, appreciate it. Thank you.
2: (laughs) That's Mike Lombardi, man. You know, I had to call Mike. You know I had to call him. I had to, so I came in, so I I was drafted by the Raiders. Okay. And they say, hey, next week is minicamp. So this is how the Raiders do it. They at the time, it was, they didn't have like the rookie minicamp, right? Where you come in, it's just all rookies. It was like, no, minicamp's next week so you go into a training i mean a locker room with the full team so i remember i walked in early because we we're the rookies, so we had to be there early a couple days early i remember walking to my locker and it said morrison 53 and i was like ooh, i wasn't feeling that number so i remember i called mike lombardi general manager called and said hey man Hey, I'm really grateful for this opportunity, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I love everything about this organization. You know, I, But it, 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 is it okay if I switch my number to 52? And he says, sure, that's not a problem. Go do it. <laughs> so he went, I went down to the locker room. I mean, went down to the equipment manager. He gave me pick 50. I mean, he gave me number 52 and changed my, changed my everything up. So I was all good because I was a big Raider fan, but Remember, 53, like the year before, was for Bill Romanowski. It was like just hard for me to fill in the shoes of gotcha. Bill yeah. Romanowski, like 53, and it was to, I was giving – I'm into that number stuff like that. And you were 34 in college, right? Yeah, and I would be wearing 34 now had the NFL allowed <laughs> us to wear our college uniforms like they're doing now. I wish they could have did that. I would have loved oh, to wore my been, college number. Bo oh,
4: Jackson's oh, number. I mean, yeah. come on.
2: Yeah. You yeah. want yeah. 34 yeah. shoes would rather have 53. Yeah, but a 34, yeah. Come on. That would have been a nice little – Number to wear 34 Bo Jackson it the old tech mobile days. Right. So, 52,
4: what was 52 about? You just didn't want to be Romanowski, is that what it was?
2: Yeah, and I was like Ray Lewis was like one of my mentors oh, okay. too. And I always, I was basically they used to call me Five Deuce in college, that was like a little nickname because I like, oh, think keep baby Ray Lewis, like you he think because he, I was just running around just tackling everybody, right? So, I was like, man, 52 would be nice. And then I remember Ray Lewis came to they, the Ravens practice. At our college, San Diego State, because they had back-to-back West Coast games, so I had a chance to meet him. Because one of our former, one of my former teammates in college was a starting safety, so I said, like, "Hey, Kirk, I know you wanted to meet Ray Lewis." So I met Ray, and still been tight with Ray oh, ever since cool. then. Yeah, so always wanted to wear fifty-two, wore number fifty-two, and then we'll see. So there it is, like Aaron Rodgers moving to number eight. Think about that, Gang Green. Wearing number eight. No longer Mm -hmm. number 12. And Starbucks said... I mean, not Starbucks. I'm sorry. uh, Joe Namath was like, okay, we'll
3: allow you. Like, I'll allow you to wear number 12. Yeah. says, nah, I want to go back to eight. Also, you know, we we talked about that a few weeks ago when we kind of knew where this was going and and Joe had given them permission. Right. But my thought was... He definitely can't take 12 because it's going to endear him more to that fan base. And I'm sure just looking now, the fan base was hungry for him and they're welcoming it anyway. Right. But if there was anybody who was maybe on the fence, I feel like him taking that number could have turned some people. So to endure himself with that right. fan base, I feel not taking 12 is the only way that he could have won.
2: Yeah, I know we got to take a break here coming up, but did you guys watch the Aaron Rodgers press conference? Saw any clips of it? I oh, saw yeah. a little bit oh, of yeah, it. Had you never met Aaron Rodgers and you had never seen him, he looks like a general manager. He looks like an executive. If someone told me, hey, that's the new quarterback of the Jets, yeah, kid, this guy, no way. I mean, he's all cleaned up, he's cut the hair, he's shaved. Yeah, but he's also he's- still like 6'4", you know, 18, 20, so. yeah, I'm saying, But he just, they had the,
3: the Jets polo on. And just <laughs> I just wasn't used to that Aaron Rodgers. He it's looked more formal.
4: like.
2: Yeah, really, it was too formal.
3: Well, Brockman had a problem with the fact that the three of them had different polos on. He's like, let's get some <laughs> uniform. Remember? Yeah, Joe Douglas had the
4: old polo with right. like the airplane under the Jets <laughs> type. And with, right. meanwhile, Rodgers and, and Sala had the, the, new. it looked like the new Freshie. And which, I was like, oh, interesting. But you see Rodgers on Pat. And yeah. he's wearing cut off sleeves. He's yeah. wearing t shirts with stains on it. <laughs> and he doesn't shave. It's just like, okay. Yeah. yeah. He looks like the dad on a sitcom. He does. <laughs> Like
2: I said, he just didn't. I mean, I think I'm so used to seeing Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay Packers gear. Remember, he used to have the ponytail, he had the long hair flowing, yeah. or he's got a nice little beard going. Now he's in New York. And the one thing I did learn is that if you're in a place with bad cell service, you got a FaceTime. You got a face yeah, FaceTime. FaceTime. I, I didn't know that.
3: See, yeah. I, I learned something new. I just figured if the call didn't go through, why would a FaceTime go through? Well, exactly. Because it was the, if the call didn't, because he was
2: using Wi-Fi. So I guess it's easier calling oh, on Wi-Fi, okay. I guess, through FaceTime. I didn't
3: know that. I learned oh, no. something new. How about that? And now there's no excuses now. There it is. For all the girls that don't return my calls. All right, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we want to know what are, will you be watching tonight outside of the NFL draft? Is it the players? Is it who your team's picking? Why are you watching the NFL draft tonight? As we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show with Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich. Oh, man, I'm serious. I, uh, I'm i excited about tonight, man. I, I really am because I always say it, it's finally the deadline's here. Now, every team, we've had all the smoke, we had all the mirrors. We've had this team may like this, this team may like this. And, and I said it before this is the process of the NFL draft where it's about they build you up to tear you down. Mm hmm. They build you up to tear you down. I always remember one thing. My mom always told me, when I got drafted, she says I have tears of joy, but also I have tears of sadness. And I was like, how do you have tears of joys and sadness? Like, well, like that's kind of like oxymoron. Like you can't be happy and sad at the same time. She says no. She says I'm happy because you're accomplishing a dream. You're accomplishing a goal that you set forth that you want to play in the NFL and you got there. I am so happy for this moment for you, but I'm also sad because it probably won't end the way that you want it. And I said, whoa, that's kind of deep. But she was like, that's just the reality of professional sports. A lot of times it doesn't end the way that you want. A lot of us don't you know, ride out in the sunset on a white stallion and tell everybody, hey, i'm done playing football usually it ends not because of you but because someone else tells you you're done so embrace your moment embrace all of it have fun accomplish your goal but just know that there will be an end in sight and you hope that it's 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 for a long long time away i played eight football seasons in the nfl and loved every every season you know whether it was the two and 14 year or an eight and eight year whatever it may be man i it was it was a fun ride and a fun journey and i look forward to a lot of these guys seeing where they go and what they do. Um, I pulled up something because Monday, fellas, Monday, or that's our Monday, Tuesday, May 2nd, May 2nd is the fifth year option day. Oh, that's the players who were drafted in the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, will their fifth year options be picked up? And so, I, you know, just a little exercise I, I'm going through just a little bit because three seasons ago, just want to go through these names really quickly with you guys and see, you know, kind of how this day, the excitement of the twenty twenty draft, and we, we thought how these players would pan out. And in three short seasons, these are what some of the players <laughs> look like. Pick number one, Joe Burrow. Hey,
3: I, hey, yeah, hey thumbs he's up. Yeah, just he's, had he's, his uh, option picked yeah, up the other day.
2: Pick number two, Chase Young
4: did not get his did not get his option, option picked, picked up. up and then also too,
2: are we say he's been very underwhelming? in three short seasons in the National Football League. Jeff Akuta, the third overall pick. He's already on team number two. Traded. Okay. Andrew Thomas, up and down a little bit with the New York Giants. You could say Tua Tungabailoa, the fifth pick overall. Is the jury still out on Tua? Is it the injury history?
4: Kind of scary a little bit. I mean, he mentioned reti- retiring. talking About retiring <laughs> this past off Remember, season.
2: Remember, th- these guys were drafted three seasons ago. Yep. It's not that far along. I mean, not that far, uh, long ago. Justin Herbert, pick six. I think that's a no-brainer. He's picked up. Uh, Derek Brown, defensive lineman. It hasn't really made a ton of noise, but had a solid start so far. Isaiah Simmons at pick eight. Remember that? In Man. 2020 NFL mm-hmm. draft. That
4: dude was a monster at Clemson. A monster
2: at Clemson has not been a monster in the National Football League. C.J. Henderson, already on a uh, second team already. Remember, the, how many guys are on their second team already? Not These the are top pick. ten picks, and in three years are already on a different team. We're not even out of the top 10 yet from the 2020 draft. <laughs> Jedrick Wills. Cleveland might not pick up his fifth-year option. Makai Becton. Very underwhelming. Only, Injury prone. Only played
4: 15 games.
2: Yeah. Uh, won't even go. Number 12 overall, Henry Ruggs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we man, already know his terrible. situation Gosh. with the rate. He's not in there. Tristan Wirfs.
4: Superstar. Superstar. Redraft, he's the second overall pick. Oh, Tristan Wirfs is a uh, Super, Maybe not with those quarterbacks. I won't say. But... Super
2: Bowl champion. Yeah.
4: Uh, Javon Kinlaw.
2: 49ers. Mm. Yeah. Jerry Judy was in trade discussions. Possibly he got picked to the Denver still, Broncos. Still a
4: good player. Yeah.
2: But other guys, look, AJ Terrell's been outstanding. One of the bright young corners. CD Lamb, yep. star, star. Austin Jackson, pick eighteen. He's been up and down with the with the uh, Miami Dolphins. Damon Arnett, no longer in the National Football League with the <laughs> in 2019. Wow. Kayla Von Chason's been up and down. Jalen Rager, already on his second team already. Ugh. All right, Oh, then by the way, I'll, I'll stop here. But uh, pick 22 that year in the 2020 draft, guy by the name of uh, Justin Jefferson. Star.
4: Star. Think, think, but look how far we had to get to he's the a, star. He's top five in a redraft,
2: yeah. Oh, redraft, he's top five. CeeDee Lamb, I think he's in my top five. Tristan Wirfs, you mentioned. Tristan and probably Herbert. Herbert goes second. Yeah, Herbert probably goes second redraft, overall, yeah. I think. And then, obviously, Joe
3: Burrow has been the consensus yeah, number he's one. Number he's proved one, to be a yeah. pick. When you think about redrafts, you got to remember, though, second round, had Hurts.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so we we had to get you. to the Hurts. You know, there was yeah. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. There the, were some hits I mean, down T
4: there. T. Higgins yeah. in the
2: second yeah. round. Jonathan Taylor was in that second round. Antoine Winfield was in that second round. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs true. has been a baller. Yeah. You mentioned Jalen Hurts, who's the highest-paid player in NFL history. Uh, Jonah Jackson's another big name out of that draft as well. So you've got some players who have made some uh, – Devin DuVernay is another good player with the Baltimore yeah, Ravens. True. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Biotish as well, former uh, – yeah. Wisconsin center now with the uh, that's my center Dallas Cowboys yeah see so I I, I bring that up as an exercise because obviously the fifth year option day is on uh, Tuesday but just know that you could be excited tonight about what your team does and in three years that player could be with another football team that's how quickly this thing can change in the National Football League it's not about who you are as a player sometimes it's about the situation you are going to so you hope you're going to a stable situation. Especially with the coaching staffs, I play for six coaches, man. In eight years, it's sometimes it's just you you can't help what happens to you. Sometimes it's unfortunate, but you're always grateful for the opportunity. You're grateful to be drafted in National Football League, and so I say this tonight: Good luck to all of the players. I look forward to seeing where a lot of them go. Get them hugs in.